call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Episode 127, I asked Maura to do this podcast in April. Maura is a teacher. She teaches third grade. And I thought, I have got to talk to Maura because I need to know what this is like for her, teaching remotely, it happening so suddenly. Um, Is it hard? Is it easy? Does she like it? Does she hate it? How are the kids? And finally, now that school's been out, uh, she has time to talk because apparently this this made her life far more busy. because she's just such a dedicated teacher. So I think we had a really great conversation today. I learned some, uh, I learned a lot about her perspective as a teacher that I'm able to kind of apply in my house. And she gave some advice for parents. And I thought it was all really helpful. So I hope you enjoy it. And um, thanks for coming back every week. I hope everybody's well. Thank God everybody in our house is still well. And Go to wifeoftheparty.com, wifeotp.com if you want to check out the links to the books we did in a podcast episode about last week. They're still up. And um, yeah, just thanks for coming back. I appreciate it. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. in person i'm in my uh, living room is that all right oh yeah 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 i was trying to figure out i thought it was but i, I was like yeah trying to figure out where you were yeah yeah um how's bert he's good he's having some anxiety now about um covid oh, so, yeah. yeah so <clears throat> we're having him tested okay uh, Right after his last date. So by the time he gets home, we'll have his test results. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't know how long it takes from exposure to testing positive. You know, what is that incubation period? Is it a right. day, 14 days? I have no idea. Yeah. Because I've, I saw that the, the um, drive-in seemed to be doing really well. The drive-in was awesome, but I think... It's not the drive-in that he's worried about. It's, it's, he's been in other places. Yes, he went to a couple clubs. So, so when they first really locked down this drive-in tour, they were starting to open clubs in very small markets like San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they were like, well, might as well hit the clubs on the way from A to B. You've got so much downtime between drive-ins. Right. Hit a club or two. I mean, they're supposed to be at a very limited capacity. They're supposed to be, you know, following the rules. and. The first two clubs he went, he felt were at 
close to 100% capacity and no one had on masks and they didn't, even though they told him they were checking temperatures, he didn't really see that happening. Oh God. And it happened the first two dates. And then the third date was in, was in Birmingham and he said they did, a, they did a great job. And then drive in and then the subsequent dates I think have done a really great job. But unfortunately the first two dates were in two states that are having really, really big surges. Oh God. Yeah. So now his anxiety is, (laughs) as you can imagine, through the roof. Yeah. So I'm trying to think. So he's going to wait and get it tested when he's done before he comes back? Yes. He's going to test in Colorado and then he's driving home over two days. I guess they're, they're taking kind of a slow route home. So 48 hours is how long it takes to get the results back. Okay. From where he's going because we've got, yeah, because Q, Q, I don't know if you know, Q Reed told me about here in LA, she got results in 24 hours. That's amazing. Yeah. Up at Warner Center, but you have, you have to make an appointment. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's, she, I think she said it was like Sean Penn's company or whoever Sean Penn has been doing a whole bunch of stuff, but that I had not heard anywhere 24 hours. No. And so, um, and actually that's why, I mean, Georgia probably told you, but tomorrow's Luke's birthday and he was going to, they were going to go for a bike ride and they were going to come in the backyard and just, you know, but, um, Jamie's girlfriend just, they test last week on Saturday. They, she wasn't feeling well, mm. just a sore throat, nothing else, no other symptoms. So she went to the doctor and they thought it was strep, but this is Kaiser, which make, this makes me insane. They wouldn't test her for strep because they said, uh, we're just going to put you, we're going to assume it's strep and we're going to put you on an antibiotic, but we're not, we don't want to use a swab that could be used for COVID. So then she said, well, I want to be tested for COVID because I'm around, you know, there's kids and blah, blah, blah. She had to insist on getting the COVID test. Now they're saying it's four to seven days. So we haven't, don't have the results back. She's actually, she ended up taking the antibiotic because I was saying, if you take the antibiotic and are feeling better within, you know, 24, 36 hours, that means you're responding to an antibiotic. And that was probably you know, a strep throat. Yeah. She totally responded. She's totally fine. The doctor right. never even thought she had COVID. He didn't even want her to have be COVID tested, but she on the state to be safe. On the yeah. Safe side, yeah. Which I thought was the right thing to do because yeah. I'm glad that she did. But now it's a bummer because I said, we can't until we know for sure, even if there's the tiniest possibility, you can't have people here. Right. You know, with you know, you have to. We have to wait. So we have to either push it back. We're still hoping that we'll right. get results today. Right. That would and be that, like this. That's what we're doing. Yes. Totally. Because it was a real bummer. You yeah. Know, this is his sixteenth, right? It's sixteenth. Yeah. It's a and big deal. It's yeah, and it's it's you know, but I keep saying it's it's not canceled. It's just postponed. You know, right. it just has to be a postponed a couple of days because yeah. once we get that test, which I really believe is going to be negative, mm-hmm. um, then it's all good. But yeah. I can't in good conscience not, I mean, I just, in, with the slightest possibility, mm-hmm. but I was trying to get on to get him tested. I figured, well, let's go get, let's just go for this 24 hour, but now there are no appointments until, so anyway, it was just, the whole thing was just a mess. Yeah, it the whole thing is crazy, isn't it? So crazy, it is, and it's hard to know. It's just hard to know. I mean, there's so much. Like you're saying, like, what is the incubation period? Like when, from when he was in those clubs to now, 
like, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know either. The, I know the, I guess the good news is the two places he felt most at risk were in the beginning. So he's, he's been gone. So he's coming up on two weeks from those two dates, like yes. days, something like that. So I guess if he got anything there, which is really where he's most concerned, yeah, we would most likely, I would imagine you'd most likely test positive at this point. But right. or, or, or he's, it's out of, you know, it's gone from him. Yeah. Yeah. Mean? yeah. One of the two. Like so, if, he, if say he got it that first day and it's been 14, I mean, is it, is it out of your system after 14 days? I don't know. I have no idea either. I have no idea. You know, I know it's like, what if you're positive? What do we do? Where yeah. are you going? Uh, you're not coming to my house. Right. So right. what's your plan? And I was like, I guess we just continue to rent the tour bus. And you live on the tour bus. And yeah, you'll, yeah, park the tour bus and live on that, right? Yeah, drop supplies at the door. You need some matzo ball soup. Yeah. <laughs> at the door. But he but, could be, you know, he might feel completely fine and be tough. You know what I mean? That's the yeah. other, you know? Yeah. And then you can't even take the antibody test to really know, because I hear that that's not, they're not really reliable, the antibody tests. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because that would be, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, it, there's so many unknowns right now, and it's, it's making everybody crazy. It and is. Now. It's making everybody crazy. I think it's making people come a bit undone. Yes, <laughs> I, I do. I, I think, yes. And now that our numbers are soaring here, mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, I, I know they're shutting the restaurants down again, but or bars, I mean, not restaurants, bars, but um, I don't know. I, I mean, it's, I think it could send people, I mean, people with, you know, small businesses that if they have to close again, are not going to make it. I agree. It's such a difficult, such a difficult thing to try and manage, a, you know, because obviously everyone's health is most important, but at the end of the day, when this is over, if you have nothing, what does that do to your whole life? It's just so scary. Yeah. I mean, if people who've invested everything into a company, I mean, what are they going to do? Yeah. And there are no jobs, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's when I start to think about it, talk about <laughs> it. Yeah. You know, the anxiety does start to yeah. it's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. It is overwhelming. So is school. Yes. <laughs> Which is why I wanted to talk to you. <laughs> so everybody who's listening, you teach third grade, right? Yes, I do. I have been dying to talk to you. When was the first time I asked you to talk? Like April? Yes. It, I think it was April. I think it was April. Yeah. When, when we figured out this was, we were in it for the long haul. Got, I've got to get Maura on my podcast because I have, I have eight questions oh, written. Well. And I'm sure more will come up as we start talking. And you'll probably answer most of the eight. but. Wow. Yeah. Homeschooling. I personally have a brand new respect for teachers and I respected them in the first place. Like I thought teachers were thankless saints who were underpaid and overworked. And I I thought that before, but now that this happened, I'm like, I'm starting to feel like our whole system is broken worse than it was before. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's, it was a pretty crazy transition. It literally, I mean, the way it went down, and I think this was for most places, but it was the 13th 
oh my goodness, here's the garbage truck. Is that going to keep it right <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, so March 13th was a Friday. So maybe that Wednesday they started to say, we might have to shut down for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So within 24 hours, we were scrambling like, okay, we're going to get a packet together for the kids to send home and we can check in with them online. And then it was like, boom, it was Friday. Yes, we're two week, we're, we're done for two weeks. So that's what we sent home, knowing that we were going to get on. We didn't know how, but we were somehow going to be getting online. The, and March 16th was, was the start of remote learning. And never in a million years did I think that I, I didn't think, it, I thought maybe it would go past the two weeks, past spring break. They'd have to close for three and then we'd have spring break and that would give us four weeks and we'd be back. Right. I never thought that it wouldn't, that we would go to the end of the year. No. So yeah, the transition, it was a, it was huge. And, um, you know, I, I think remote learning, um, worked for some kids, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it, some kids liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know necessarily at the, the younger age, but I having two teenagers too, but I think talking to people, some people, some kids liked it, Mm -hmm. like being home. Mm -hmm. Um, but really the majority, it's just not. I don't think it's the best situation for them. No, it definitely wasn't. The kids in my house were not a big fan. Yeah. Um, Isla especially was not a big fan because she's so socially motivated um, to achieve in her classroom context, not just in life in general, but for her, it's important to um, learn with her peers. So she has no interest in learning with me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and but I think there's so much value in learning with peers. I yeah. mean, there's so much to that. Mm-hmm. And um, when you take that away, I think that's what my many of my third graders. It, it was there. Life changed instantly, mm. and for them to wrap their head around that, and then you know, at first, okay, the novelty of okay, we're doing this online. It's something new. It grew old within a very short period of time. They were great. They were always showed up and they um, were engaged, but they wanted to be with their friends. They right. wanted to be in the classroom. And you, that just wasn't possible. Right. So I know for middle school, at least for Isla's classes, maybe half her class showed up every day. Yeah. Um, and that made her very confused because she didn't understand why they were allowed not to be there. And she didn't understand how they could still get a grade. Uh, it just, it really, really confused her. I think it made her angry because she didn't want to be there either, you know? But she showed up. But she showed up. And so the, the, um, complacency of of other kids of not showing up or Uh, mm -hmm. not participating when they did show up kind of rubbed off on her a little bit. She just didn't really want to do it toward the end. It was very hard to get her to do anything with school. No, we did. She turned in every assignment. She did everything, but there was definitely a like, you know, Johnny's not coming. Why do I have to go? There was, you know, a lot of that mentality. 
but you didn't have that in the third grade? Um, not really. I had actually, I had a hundred percent participation pretty much every day. Wow. Yeah. There were a couple where, you know, a family went away for, you know, camping for a weekend or something, but I had, yeah, I had all, they showed up every single day. That's amazing. Yeah, it was. Um, so I was really, it was great. I mean, I, so now do you think that's because um, you teach at the elementary school that all our kids went to. So mm-hmm. Maura has a son George's age and a son Isla's son Isla's age. Um, and they all went to elementary school together at your elementary school. And the parents at that elementary school, I think, are not normal. <laughs> right. They were on top of it. You know, they made sure that their kids were on every day. Yeah. Um, so that was that was the difference. That you think that sure. was- I do. I think that. I think it also was the group of kids that I had too. I had amazing, amazing group. And so, um, who for the most part, um, you know, always there's an exception here or there, but they love school and they love to learn. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there were days I could see on their face that they weren't okay. They needed they needed that connection. I think that was some of the hardest part is making, keeping that connection virtually, you mm-hmm. know, when they really needed a hug, you know, where mm-hmm. someone would, would chat on and say, I really wish that I was in class right now. I just want a hug. Aww. And it's, you know, and that is heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and so it was, how do you still try to reach them? Um, keep things engaging, keep them fun. You, to keep them wanting to come back. Yeah. You know? Um, so do you feel like you worked more or less? A hundred percent more. And oh, I, more. Yeah. Oh, I, and I, you, I mean, you know, I, I work a lot anyway. Like I have a very hard time. I can't, I don't stick to the hours. I mean, I think most teachers don't really stick to yeah. that at the hours of a seven thirty to three or. You're um, very dedicated. It's it, yeah. And this became, it was, it was 20, I felt like it was 24 seven. Wow. Because I was learning as well. I mean, the learning curve, what I have learned in the last four months uh, is unbelievable and is exciting in many ways. Like as I look back on it, I never in a million years would I have learned so much in four months teaching trying to figure out virtually how to teach. I mean, I had never, I, I can, I know my way around a computer. I can do certain things, but never, how do you, it was all new. It was really all new. So it was my learning on top of me trying to teach on top of me trying to make sure that my own kids were on and learning. And what you're, what you're talking about with Isla it was similar. I mean, everybody got everything done. Everybody, you know, they, they were on their classes. They, they knew what they had to do because I was on class during, I had class going. So they yeah. had to be up and on class themselves because I couldn't leave what I was doing to go tell them. Right. To and they're old enough too. Yeah. But it got old and it was very different mm-hmm. at the middle school level. And I can, see, I can see how that would be. I mean, some of the things that Liam would tell me would happen in his zoom classes. <laughs> you know, yes. Same. Or, yeah. 
<laughs> Same here. I bet he didn't get an E in behavior. I bet that one kid did not get an E in behavior. Right. <laughs> there was some certain, yeah, it was interesting. Um, so do you think you will, um, how much do you think you'll keep and apply when you return? Um, I think there's a lot actually. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot. And I, um, I did an extra course that the district offered, mm -hmm. um, with, for online learning for teachers. Um, and there was a lot that I learned that I can absolutely be applied in the classroom, mm -hmm. um, systems to put in place that I think will make things more interesting, other things that the kids loved doing. So it would be neat to do that in the classroom. Um, and then, or if I'm working with a small group, they can do some things that ah. are virtually that might be more engaging for them. Right. So, um, so I actually think there's a lot that can be applied to when we go back to a, the regular classroom. Was it your impression that your colleagues felt that similarly? Um, there was a whole um, range of of emotions, I think, for teachers, for the teachers. Yeah. First of all, there were different comfort levels with technology to mm -hmm. begin with. Right. So that layer added, an, you know, a layer of stress. And and all the teachers at our school, as you know, they're they're so dedicated. Mm -hmm. So the stress was very self-imposed in terms of wanting to make everything right for the kids. Right. And we were trying to do, and we, we didn't want to fail at that. Yeah. And sure. So that, or we didn't want to say, no, we can't zoom because we don't know what we're doing or we don't know how to do it. It was, there was a pressure, I think that we added on, on ourselves, mm -hmm. um, wanting to make it, as right as it could be. Mm -hmm. And so there was that, that added pressure. I do think as people look back, I mean, that they are, I think they feel like there's a lot that they've learned that they will take for, they will move forward with in the classroom. And, and then others, just, you know, everybody can't wait to just be back in the classroom and not have to teach remotely. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, you know, from, I'm very lucky. My grade level is, we're very cohesive cohesive group. We work really well together. Yeah. Third grade's a great grade. Yeah. And having, I know that having them by my side through this, we definitely helped each other. We did. Oh yeah. We yeah. worked really well together and split up tasks. And when we couldn't figure something out, we were, that was the thing we would zoom with our class, but then we would zoom afterwards and say, well, I tried to create this, but this is what happened. Could you look at this with me? And how can we do this? And we just problem solved through it all. That's great. One, yeah. And one of the teachers, it was, we were, it was so funny. I think it was end of May and we were, we were on a zoom meeting and somebody said something and it was very techie. And, um, and he said to us, okay, just stop and listen to what you're saying right now. <laughs> We've never been talking like this <laughs> three months ago or four months ago. How funny. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was having that support was amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I think they're, 
yeah, people, I will say teachers were very stressed. Everybody was very stressed. It was I very think that's. I think that was my experience as well. I had for, because I was so involved in, I was learning because of her dyslexia. Um, I, um, I noticed two teachers seemed very low stress and they were the two teachers who were already using Schoology yeah. kind of not optimally, but at all, they were the two that were kind of using Schoology. And then the third teacher was using so many different technologies before this started that it, it became very confusing yeah. once we added everybody on Schoology. And then one of her teachers was clearly very stressed out. And I overheard in a Zoom classroom him um, explaining his stress and his level of stress and how difficult this was and how they're asking too much. And it was, it was a big complaint fest. And I thought, I'm not sure this should be happening with your students. <laughs> maybe with another teacher who teaches your subject in your grade level, but maybe not in the classroom. Um, I, and I actually have to say, um, I thought what the district required of us was very reasonable. Oh, I yeah? Not, yeah, I did. I, I think that they, you know, I, there are many things, issues that I might have had at other times. Yeah. This was a very, when you think about this transition in days. Yeah. From being in the classroom to the number of students that this district yeah. serves. Insane. To going to remote learning where you have teachers who some have trouble turning on a computer and others are a whiz mm -hmm. and you have to figure out how to get everybody yeah. up and running, yeah. devices to children that don't have devices, mm -hmm. try to get kids who don't have internet access, some hotspots to do that. When you think about the amount of things that had to happen in a very short period of time. Yes, there were glitches. Yes, there were things, but, but I thought that they did, they transitioned really well. Right. And I think that what they, I thought it was very reasonable. They, they didn't come out and say, you have to do this, this, and this every single day. They tried to give you some, some guidelines. Right. For, making sure that you were reaching your students, mm -hmm. um, giving assignments as we should have been doing yeah. we to do that. Mm -hmm. And so it was stressful. Don't get me wrong. I was, yeah, a lot, a lot of gray hair. I but, can only imagine. <laughs> I don't, but I don't think that the, the, what the end expectation was, mm -hmm. was too much to ask. Uh, because I think they gave us a lot of opportunity. They gave, they had a lot of classes that we could, and professional development online that we could do to improve our skills. So there was a lot that they were, that they were, that we had to learn, mm -hmm. but they were giving us the opportunity to do that. Right. The support that you needed. Yeah, I do. I felt, I, I felt that way. That's so uh, yeah, I mean, I, um, it was, it, but, and it was difficult for everybody, mm -hmm. you know, as difficult it, as it was for me, it was difficult for my families who were starting, you know, the two parents are trying to work all of a sudden work at home and they have two children that they're trying to be doing school at home. And when they're younger, I mean, think about kindergarten or first grade. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, you know, I can imagine. Where they, you can't just say, get on the Zoom or do this <laughs> or do that. Set your um, alarm for nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happen. And I think, you know, one of the things I learned early on, so those first two weeks we had sent a packet home and that gave us, we still met, our, at least our grade level, we still met with our kids, every, our class every single day. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they had a packet of work to do, which, which freed us up to right. figure out once they were done with that, how are we going to teach new material mm-hmm. completely remotely? And when you talk about the teacher that had so many different platforms going, I realized within those first two weeks, or we realized within the first two weeks that we had to streamline line everything. Mm-hmm. So we used Schoology and we would make a weekly folder mm-hmm. that the kids could just click on every week. If they clicked on, if they went into Schoology, they could click on that folder. That would open up. We made folders for every day of the week. So oh, they, nice. they could go to that week, that day, and every assignment was in that one place. That's great. And we could link a Google Classroom assignment to that. Everything was a click away mm-hmm. in that one folder. Right. And that's what needed to happen for sanity, you know, for the yes. sanity of the kids yes. and the sanity of the parents. Mm-hmm. The sanity, really, of everyone mm-hmm. to just have immediately get an, a system in place that they could follow. Right. Once they got into that routine and they knew how to do it, they could do it on their own. I really mm-hmm. felt like my third graders didn't need, once they got on the Zoom call or once they got on our Zoom class, and even when they got off, they knew exactly what to do. Right. So they could go to that one folder. Because it was a system. It was, it was an, a system. It was an excellent system. Yeah. I think my experience of middle school was um, every teacher had a completely different, unrelated system. And I ended up having to make a spreadsheet for Isla. Mm-hmm. Uh, when each teacher had each Zoom class, well, each classroom, one teacher did Google Meets, one teacher did Zoom, one teacher did Schoology. And we couldn't remember. She, I couldn't remember. Okay. Science is in Zoom, but there's some link you have to go to on Schoology first. And then the history teacher Monday class is Zoom, but Wednesday class is a Google Meet. Same teacher, two yeah. different modalities. It was so difficult. I wish the district or whomever could have done something similar to what you just described. Yeah. And said everything's right here because everything in theory was supposed to be on Schoology. Right. But it wasn't. It, it, it wasn't. And each teacher, and how do you do that? I mean, you can't make every single teacher run the same exact system because that doesn't work right. for everybody. I get it, but it made it very, very difficult yeah. from my point of view because we just couldn't keep up with who she had seven teachers. Yeah. And they're not talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a, that was the si- similar for, for Liam. Yeah. You know, everything was different. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I, it would be nice. I I think there's at the middle school level, I think some people really like Google classroom and they had every, they had a lot set up in Google classroom classroom already. So Mm -hmm. they wanted to do it that way. Mm -hmm. I think some people were concerned about Schoology crashing with Mm -hmm. the amount of, um, people that were on it. Right. So I think they didn't, some people didn't totally trust that. And maybe that's why they went to either uh, Microsoft or any, some of the other. Platform, yeah. yeah. 
Well, that would make sense because Schoology did sometimes not work. Yes, it was. I think it, the first the first uh, few weeks were really tricky, yeah. uh, and then I think they were working to to make things um, work a little bit better. But yeah, yeah. So, what do you think is the most challenging part of teaching remotely? What's the most challenging? Um. Well, I. If that's a hard question because I think there's a probably several things that are kind of wrapped up with that. I think trying to teach new material when you are not in a the physical space mm -hmm. with students. I think when I teach, I I you 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 make a connection and you can sit and next to a student and you can point to something, you know, mm -hmm. the kids that struggle, you can pull them. And I know you can do a breakout room and pull a small group. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not the same as being in person and being able, I mean, I can write something, I can show it to them. I can do it on the screen. I actually got this little device I have next to me where I would put my iPhone and I made it like a document camera. And oh. so it was, yeah, so I was able to, another teacher friend of mine gave, from another school told me that this is what he had tried, so I immediately ordered it, and I could make a document camera basically out of my phone, and so that way, at least, it was a little bit easier for them to read, to, to see on the screen, and it was funny because the first day I used it, one of my students said, because what I had, I had that going, and I also screen shared. So I, they could look at both places, whichever they were more comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because at the end of that day, I said, you know, I'm curious, how did you like that? Did that work for you? Was it easier for you? Did you like it when it was better on the computer? And one of my students said, I liked it because it made me feel like I was back in the classroom. Wow. That's what you would have been doing in the classroom. But I could see it better on the screen. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my goodness, that was such interesting insight. And yeah. That's and it was, to me, that the biggest piece of that was the, the need to feel like we were back in the classroom. Like that, that thought that that made me feel like I was back in the classroom. Right. Um, but it was important that I gave them two. I thought what I realized is, okay, I need to have both things going. So right. for learners that need to see me actually writing it, yeah, that's there available for them. But I can also put it on my screen. So that's already, that's available for them because it might be easier for them to see. Right. On the screen. So, um, so I, I'm all roundabout here, but I just, I think that, the hardest thing is, is sometimes it just takes being next to a student mm -hmm. or right next to them and telling them something or showing them or pointing out specifically something that I can see their work and where their error is. And then I can identify what they're not understanding. Right. And I, it's, yeah. it's a quicker way to be able to analyze what, where the, the learning breakdown is, you know, or where right. they're confused. Yeah. And to not have that, what I think is, is probably the hardest. Yeah, um, that sounds hard. 
But I also, I guess the other piece of that, which maybe is embedded with it is, is I was so concerned about their emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, as I had a lot of real sensitive students mm-hmm. who, um, and I think just knowing that they were, I needed to make sure that they were okay emotionally. Right. With all of this. Right. So keeping that connection, mm-hmm. which I think was easier because I had half a year or more than half a year. Right. I knew them and they knew me. Right. Inside and out. Right. And so I could tell when they, just by looking at their face, mm-hmm. when they got on Zoom, I could tell if they were kind of where they were or if right. they were stressed out. Right. Or they chat something to me. I knew. And then I could say, all right, we're, let's talk later. Um, let's do a Zoom later and, and chit-chat a little bit. Um, so I was able to do that, um, which is what worries me when you think about starting a school year. Yeah. If you start remotely, is that you haven't built those relationships Mm-hmm. They don't know you yet, and and you don't know them. I know all the little nuances, mm-hmm. and I can tell by an expression mm-hmm. what they're feeling. So, yeah, I don't. So, I guess the hardest it was it was, yeah, new material or helping them figuring out where they're where they were confused, and then making sure that emotionally they were all right as well. Right. It's a lot. That is a lot. Um, is it easier for you in some ways to teach from home? Like, are you, are you like from, from the waist down, you're in your pajamas and slippers? I or have you to can say, laundry in every once in a while. <laughs> I honestly, I never, I didn't have, didn't feel like I had time with laundry or anything like that. But I did in terms of getting dressed, there were yeah. a lot of yoga pants. <laughs> here up you know I definitely didn't dress the way I would dress for, for school so and certainly not like I have a long commute time anyway right <laughs> I pretty live very close to where you I work walk to, yeah you could walk to walk there yep. so um it wasn't so that I guess in that way um I could connect with my kids during the day my own kids a lot more with mm-hmm. You know, which it was nice to kind of see them. I mean, everybody, it was funny because around here, everybody was on their own. Everybody was on their own for breakfast and everybody was on their own for lunch. (laughs) Right. I cooked. But other than that, it was like I had meetings. They had, they had different schedules. Yeah. It was on the same schedule. Right. Yeah. Because they're in two different schools and you're in a third school. And yeah, two different schools and I'm in a third school. It would be, you know, 11, 10 and Luke would be like, it's my lunch break. (laughs) I enjoyed that piece too. I enjoyed um, having my kids around. Um, And I kept thinking, I'm such a glass half full person. I kept thinking, what a privilege that I get to teach, help teach my daughter eighth grade. Um, I can't, the the 10th grader has no interest in me helping her or being involved at all, which is completely normal and fine. But Isla needed help. And I thought, this is actually really a privilege. The flip side of the coin was it was very frustrating. Yeah. I felt very inadequate 
I felt very lost a lot of the time. And she and I are the same human being. People don't really think that. They think I was like Bert. Mm-hmm. No, she's, we have the same stubborn and we have the same agenda driven life. No, no, no. My agenda is to sleep until 11, Isla would be, and, and start this day. My first class starts at 11, so I'm going to wake up at 10.55. <laughs> and my agenda is, how about you wake up at 10.30, go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, put some decent clothes on, brush your hair, have a little bite to eat, water, something. No, we were on totally different agendas. So she and I butted heads a lot about semantics and stuff, but as we're reading history together, which, sorry, in my opinion, is the most boring subject ever, we were able to really connect and enjoy each other, um, you know, and I thought, what a, what a gift, if there is a gift in this whole thing, that's yeah. a gift to get to, and then Georgia would saunter in and make herself lunch and to see her right. be really independent, because I know she is, but I don't get to see it right like that. It was really cool. Um, yeah, and I, you know, it's, it's interesting, because I did, you know, I did a lot of reflecting, and, and, um, I was so sad on the last day of school. I can't, it was the hardest zoom. And I think when I, when I reflect back on it, I think it was, you know, I kept, it was, it was funny to me because I'd see people posting things or saying, Oh, I've got all this time on my hand. I keep cleaning out this cabinet or that cabinet. I had no time, (laughs) no time. Right. And, um, so I was constantly going, 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 going. And it was something else to learn or something this, or I have to figure this out, or I've got to think, well, this is coming up and I need to put this together. How are we going to make this work for the kids? And so it was go, 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 go. And on that last day, it was, it was like, wow, we made it, you know, we, we did it. Yeah. So I had to kind of reflect. I knew, I knew it would be hard that last zoom day, um, and I didn't want to say goodbye to my kids. I love them so much. But um, one of the things I really reflected on and I told them was, I said, so much changed instantly. You may not have liked being on Zoom, but you did it. You might, might not have liked being away from your friends, but you did it. Yeah. This was not, you may missed, we missed a field trip and we missed this and we missed that but you did it. Yeah. And the fact is you did it and that's resiliency. You were resilient. It doesn't mean you had to like it, Mm -hmm. but you were resilient. And I, I really wanted to clarify that and really make them aware that that's what we need. We need to be resilient. We need our kids to be resilient. Yeah. You, you, there's so many things in life that knock us down and we have to get back up and keep going. And you might not like the thing. You might not have liked it. Right. You actually did it and made the best that you could out of it. Right. And so that's something to celebrate. Mm -hmm. And really proud of. Be very proud of. I had those same conversations with Isla because I was like, this was really hard for you. This was really hard and you should be very proud. Uh, You, she, at the end of the school year had straight A's and I was like, you should be that this is not an easy straight A for you. You didn't get the benefit of having any teachers except for me. (laughs) So 
and I haven't been in eighth grade in a long time, so I am not prepared. But I tried to give her that same perspective about her learning because she really did persevere. Um, yeah. They all did, really. Yeah. No, I think. I, yeah, I think many. I many of them did. I, I have to say, I know the students in my class. I feel like they all did. Um, right. You know, it may have varied depending on you know, again, support at home or, yeah. or whatnot. But, um, but I, I, yeah, they did it and were successful. But yeah. like, you know, yeah. there was, there were things that went wrong. There were assignments that they thought they submitted. It wasn't submitted. Something happened. You know, there were, there were bumps, mm-hmm. but, you know, accepting those bumps and moving on, especially, you know, I, I think about this all the time. It's so, things are so different for our kids than when we grew up. Yes. So it's, they, everything right now is instantaneous for them. Mm-hmm. And it's really, um, I see the difference in the classroom. I see the difference as a teacher. I see a different, the difference as a parent, mm-hmm. you know, everything is instantaneous mm-hmm. and they don't know necessarily how to wait for things or how to, you know, that you have to learn to struggle. Yes, how so, to struggle. Yeah, how to struggle, mm-hmm. and that—that's it's okay to struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in fact, it's healthy. It's very healthy. If you're trying to build muscle, you have to break muscle down to build it. Right. So same with emotional muscle, also. Yes, mm-hmm. I think it's really important. So, I think that this was a big learning in in that way. Yeah, it was. So I, my question, I have a question that I don't think applies to your classroom because I think the answer is obvious based on what we've just been talking about. But do you feel that in general, the kids were learning what they needed to learn to move on to the next phase of school? You know, I always, I've always heard and I sort of observed that what you learn in eighth grade, you kind of build on in 10th grade. What you learn in seventh, you build on in ninth. You kind of, they're kind of building blocks for each other. Do you feel like overall it was uh, people were learning what they needed to learn to go to the next phase? Because I hear a lot of parents complaining in my circle of life that they feel their their kids did not, but they're middle school parents that my kids are going to be really screwed in high school. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I do think that middle school piece, um, I see it with my own middle schooler. It'll be interesting when he gets really back into the rhythm of it because he, um, you probably can hear me, but he, uh, <laughs> I feel like it, it, yeah, there was, I think there was a little slacking, you know, there was, yeah, doing what every assignment was turned in. He did very, very well, mm-hmm. but, um, well, not as much was required of them. Um, yeah. In the beginning, there was, I mean, in the beginning, it, it's different for Luke. Luke had, his requirements were strict throughout. So he, I do feel that he, that's high school. So I do feel that he, he learned what he needed to learn. I mean, that was, um, they had some systems in place already. Same with that, yeah. yeah, that I think allowed that to run a little bit more smoothly. Mm-hmm. Um but I think for my middle schooler, that's going to be an interesting transition. Again, 
to high school and to the level of work. Because in the beginning, it was funny because both of my boys said, I'm working more now than I ever did when I was in school. So they they felt like they had a lot of work. But then I felt like it tapered off with the middle school. Yeah, I felt the same way. Um, for, For elementary, you know, I think the fact that we did what three fourths of the year really helped because there was a foundation that we built. Mm-hmm. And so what we did going, moving forward, we did a novel study that we were going to do anyway. So mm-hmm. we had that all set up. We just kind of transitioned it to um, virtually and online. Right. Um, some of the math I feel was very difficult to teach, teaching geometry in third grade and um, time and elapsed time remotely. Mm-hmm was not ideal. <laughs> so um, do I think those things will need review? Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, I think there will definitely be a slip mm-hmm. um, in terms of, of um, you know, moving forward. But I think that um, the one thing is everybody's going to be in the same boat. Yes. That is true. So as teachers, we will have to adjust right. our teaching mm-hmm. to fit the needs of, of where our students are. Where they're and I think, and, yeah, and I, and But I also think that there could be a huge disparity there, too. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, especially at my level, like kids need to be reading every single day. They mm-hmm. can't stop reading. They need to be right. reading every – they're still at that point. Where they're learning, they built their fluency, mm-hmm. and and they're building comprehension, and they have to read, 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 read. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to. The biggest thing, third grade, they have to memorize those multiplication facts. There's always a slip over the summer, mm-hmm. um, because they're not. They may not be doing it as much as what we did at school, and I think you know you'll see a bigger slip. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, we did. You know, listen. I would spend. It, usually, we would zoom for a about two hours every day. Mm-hmm. And so, and then they had some assignments, mm-hmm. but did I feel like it wasn't the same as having, you know, six, six hours, hours. Of, yeah. of the day and, you know, where there's little ways that you, you build in extra learning, right. You know, that, that wasn't available. It wasn't possible. It wasn't possible. No, it just wasn't possible. Yeah. yeah. I'm concerned about that too. Just what, what will it look like? And I'm, I'm assuming, you know, teachers will just say, well, this group is coming from this place and let's, we may have to do a little bit of review more than usual. I, I I absolutely think so. I mean, I, we, we've talked about that going forward. I mean, we all are going to have to adjust Mm -hmm. our teaching. We're going to have to evaluate where they are and, and, we may have to go take a step back and, and do other review or spend more time on something that we're, because we have to go back to the grade before, in my case, second grade, because they got that, it was at the end of the year and they, they got it and it was an introduction, but it wasn't as deep as where they may have needed to go. And that just, it just didn't, you know, because of circumstances. Yeah, we have to spend so much more time. But I definitely think that we will see a difference. Yeah, there there has to be. I mean, it can't it can't be just like nothing happened. No. <laughs> That's not possible. No, I, I don't think so. 
in other areas we're not expecting. Maybe there'll be huge improvements in other areas we're not expecting from just learning online or um, being more, having to be more of a self-starter for some kids, you know, that have parents who work all the time like you um, and have two parents that are both working remotely from home and can't give them every minute of every day. I mean, Isla was lucky. I could organize my day where when she needed help, I could give it to her. Right. Not every kid has that advantage. Um, no. And they, that, you know, that's the other thing, Leanne, is when, when you think about the disparity, you know, across the board, you're, yeah. you're going to see that because some people didn't have people who didn't have someone at home that had the ability to help them. Yes. And they didn't have that advantage. Right. Um, so it's, yeah, it's going to be tricky moving forward. It's going to be tricky, I think. I think it's got a whole new world a little bit. Yeah, I think it is. Um, do you think that they'll, what's your, just your opinion, do you think they'll start in the fall in August? Uh, well, we're definitely starting August 18th. That's our start date. No, I mean in class. I, I, that, yeah, I, um, I don't know. I mean, my feeling had been, has been, though I think it might be changing right now, but my feeling has been that they would, we would have some kind of a hybrid model Mm -hmm. of going back. And um, so some remote, some in class, whether it's a, you know, I've heard of a two, two, one model, you know, some kids on for two days, other kids, you know, and at home for those two days, et cetera. And you flip flop. Right. Um, I think there will always have to be an option for parents because there are some parents that just don't feel comfortable with sending their student, their kids back to school. So I think um, there's going to have to be a full 100% remote option for those mm-hmm. who opt out. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm starting to wonder if we are even going to have a hybrid model based on the fact that our numbers are skyrocketing right now. Yeah. And um you know, I, uh, it's, it's a really hard, it's going to be a really hard call. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I know they're furiously working on a variety of models and they're, they're trying to take advice from, you know, the healthcare, um, professionals, mm-hmm. but you know, the, the pediatric association came out and said that they believe that students should be back in the classroom next really? year. Yes, there's a, I, I, I don't know if it's American pediatrics. I don't know I, exactly if you look it up, but there's a, there's a group of pediatricians who have come out and said that they think there is more harm to children not going back to school mm. than COVID. Right. And, um, so they are pushing, they really feel like they need to be back at school, that the, the number of cases among children are not as high. Right. And so, you know, with safety in place, safety mechanism in place, you know, that, um, you know, that, that they should be back because of the detriment to their, um, the emotional, their, the socialization piece Mm -hmm. too. Yes, I think that's not a bad point because um, my highly social eighth grader doesn't want to go out anymore at all. She doesn't want to go hang out with anybody. I feel like she she feels like or believes she doesn't know how to talk to people anymore. 
Yeah. It's just a short period of time. I mean, we've just been here since March, April, May, June, three months. And she feels like she doesn't know how to talk to anybody in her peer group. Yeah. Very anxious about um, seeing anybody. And I think that's because she's been out of school and she's not. and, And that age group, middle school is all about social, right? Yes. It's all about that. I had her last IEP meeting at the end of the school year, and I had said to them in the meeting, I think the worst part for her is not learning. It's not being with her peers. And Mr. Cranow, who's the head of the special ed department at her school, said, I agree with you 100%. This is very, very difficult, in particular for middle schoolers. Yeah. Because that's their whole currency is social. <laughs> I mean, learning is way back here for most middle right. schoolers. So, and Jor- Isla keeps saying constantly, I just, I'm, I'm ready to go back to school. Right. And that girl has never said that. <laughs> yeah. It's no, the social. Yes. And I think, I think my boys are the same. I think they want, they want to be with friends and yeah. him wants to start high school. He wants to be able to start in a new place. Yes. She too. Meet new people mm-hmm. and you know, just a new, it's a new beginning for them. Yeah. And Isla so can't wait to start high school. Yeah. Um, George's experience at her high school, which Isla's going to the same school has been so positive. Yep. But she's really looking forward to that positive experience. And, you know, they don't know. They don't know whether we're starting a hybrid modeler at all, you know, for just remotely. Or I think we have a definite start date, whether it be hybrid or remote. We are starting, I think, April 11th. I mean, August 11th. Mm-hmm. And then um, they're still saying we are not sure what to do with the incoming freshmen because they always have a big barbecue so yeah. all the freshmen can meet each other. And they're like, we're just not sure. Yep. So they've set up something for Liam where it's a two week orientation and they've set up some schedule. So there's going to be some synchronous and asynchronous work. So online work and not online work to try to, um, you know, help them get accustomed to, to the school as best they can and meet each other. And I know they've asked some upper classmen, um, and Luke, cause he's, it'll, he's going to be at the same school. So Luke, is going to actually be, I don't know if you want to call it, so I don't think it's a mentor, but it's some kind of a... Like Big Brothers. Yeah, thing where he, you know, hopefully he's not in Liam's group because that would not work. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I and his brother, but, no, no, no. but, you know, to talk about what it's like. And so I think they're really trying right. to do all the, that community building that they do at the beginning. Mm-hmm. They're trying to figure out how best they can do it remotely. Yeah. yeah. I'm up and running on a new system. I mean, they, they do have a Schoology platform as well, mm-hmm. uh, but they need to, te- they also need to get, you know, they have a different grading system. They have an air that's called Aries. And so they, they have to get them up to speed on that as well. Right. You know, if they're going to start off in a remote way, they yeah. have to be familiar with what platforms they're, they're going to use. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I'm a little anxious about it myself, but not, I'm not an anxious person. So I'm not super anxious, but I'm just not, I, I guess anxious is the wrong word. I'm really curious. I'm really curious. And I'm grateful that Georgia is already at that school. Yes. Because then she can bridge the gap between, you know, what she doesn't know and what they're able to provide. So that that's, makes me, me a lot of relief. That's huge. Because you know, when you go as a parent, 
you know, who's an involved parent, mm-hmm. and your child starts at a new school and you know, no systems at that school. That's true. It's really hard. You're, it's, you're learning right along with them. Yes. Who you contact for what and how this system works and how that system works. And so it, it is, you know, you want to support them in, yeah. that, um, in the new school year. So I think, yes, having Georgia there and, and having Luke where he is so will be very beneficial for Yes. They have a big sister, little sister program where 11th grade mentors someone in the ninth grade. Mm-hmm. So Isla will be assigned a big sister uh, again, like you said, hopefully not her sister, <laughs> but that's good too. So she'll have somebody she can call and there's so many sophomore, well, juniors there'll be that want Isla. I want Georgia's sister. I want Georgia's sister. So I think she'll be okay with that too. Yeah. Um, oh, I think so. Probably. I think so. I think so. Let me see what else I have on my list. Yeah. Um, so what do you think is the biggest challenge for your kids besides the social piece? Is there a big challenge for them in, in learning remotely? Is it that you're not there to be able to point out the subtleties of where they may be not catching on or? Yeah, I think so. I think. Um, yeah, I think that, that that's difficult for them. That could be that's challenging besides mm-hmm. that social piece as we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um and you know it's there is an awkwardness over Zoom sometimes. So you when you're in the classroom, I mean one of the things I work on is always um discussion, building discussion. So they they bounce things off of each other. So mm-hmm. if we're having a discussion, it's very, it becomes, it takes some time to get this way, but it be, conversations become seamless in the classroom mm-hmm. and they can build on what other people are saying. And so I agree with so-and-so, or I disagree, or I think this, or what do you mean? You know, you, all those conversations that you have with Zoom, you're trying to do that. And, but it's not because you read body language when you're in the classroom. Right. You learn to read body language of when someone's finished and when you can start speaking. That makes total sense. And so when you're on Zoom, you don't, it's, it's, you're trying to put up your hand or you're, you're putting up your hand virtually or, or you call on somebody and they start talking and they forget that they're on mute. And so you're like, please unmute. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, yeah. um, so all of those things, so it becomes more awkward in terms right. of them communicating with each other. Right. Uh, it, it, it got better, mm-hmm. um, but it definitely, I think that's challenging for them because they're not able to read each other. Right. Um, it, when, when we're having, trying to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little more stilted, mm-hmm. you know. As one of them said, um, "Now, Miss Simon, the thing that you say the most is, please turn your video on." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> because sometimes if their video would go, they didn't mean they didn't turn it off, but it would go. I think you know how it goes to the home screen or whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. But anyway, it would be so funny. Turn your video on, please. <laughs> That's really funny. So yeah. what do you think parents could do? Is there anything you think parents could do to, to, be, to help at home, to add to what you need or to 
So as a parent, sometimes I felt very helpless. Um, and sometimes I felt very meddling, you know, like I'm too much in what she's doing. Right. And I don't need to be, but she's not, she's not able to manage this on her own because like I said, seven teachers, seven different modalities of teaching. I, it was hard for me to know when to be there and when not. Is there anything, I mean, in third grade, it's a bit different, but. Well, I, I really, um, I think that the, a big takeaway that, that from this can be them building a sense of independence. So, but see, again, what you're saying, if you have seven different systems, that's really hard for someone. Listen, some kids can do that. They can yeah, have seven absolutely. systems and they can do it seamlessly. Absolutely. Not every kid is like that. Right. And uh, many kids are not like that. That's not a minority. It's, it's most kids would struggle with that. Right. I think. So yeah. I think if, if as teachers, we can have a system in place mm -hmm. that is manageable for our age level and mm -hmm. grade level, helping the kids rely on themselves mm. before they run to their parents. Mm. So I think that it's very easy to be like, I don't get this, you know, and turn and say, I don't get this right. very easily. Whereas they need to take a few minutes and they need to try mm -hmm. themselves mm -hmm. before they run and ask for help. Um, you know, I really, that to me, so that takes some help from parents at home. Yeah. They have to be on board and they have to, it's setting up a system of saying, um, okay, you have to try these three things before you come ask me for help. Right. right. So you need to ask the question, for example, on, on the Zoom class. If you're, if you're about to get off and you're still unclear about something, you need to think about what you're not clear about. You need to ask. Right. You no. Know, number two, email your teacher. So again, this is not like K-1 hard, but my third graders, once I kept telling them, I am... I mean, I was glued to my computer mm. for ever, all yeah. day. <laughs> so I did say, I said, email me. I won't get back to you hours later. I will probably get back to you within 15 minutes. Right. You know, so email me because you'll get a response really quick. Mm -hmm. um, you know, or phone a friend, right? You know, call one of your classmates, have a buddy. Right. And um, ask the classmate something before you come to me, because right. I think we have to fo foster some independence yeah. and it's easy for them to, and that has to, in my opinion, it's for some kids that comes very naturally, but for many kids, it really has to be taught and it has to be fostered. Yes. No, so it's not innate. Mm. And so I think that kind of fostering that and helping that and saying, let's try these three things um, will make everybody's sanity at home a little bit better, right? Yeah. Because the parents who are trying to work and their child keeps saying, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, and they're trying to work as well, it's very frustrating for them. Sure. So I, I think that those kinds of systems are, would be really the most helpful. Yeah. Besides the fact that the kids need to be reading, especially at... <laughs> At third grade. At, at the elementary level. They need to be reading every day. And, you know, addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division facts. I say it till I'm blue in the face. But um, 
if, if they are not, they need to be fluent in those facts right. and it will really benefit them moving forward. And that goes for even moving from fifth into sixth grade where at fifth grade, they should know their multiplication, but if it gets rusty, I mean, they, it's, they use it for everything, right? And, you know, and if they are, you know, if they are fluent, really fluent in multiplication division, it's going to benefit them in those upper grades. Right. So that's the constant, I guess it's for me, that's what I always say. I just, they can't stop. Not at this age, not at my age age level. They can't stop. Right. Keep going. Have to know it with their eyes closed. Yeah. So it's, you know, putting that, those times in place, I think sometimes having a little bit of a schedule, I know like even now it's the summer and nobody wants a schedule, especially after remote learning. But I think, you know, having a little bit of saying, okay, this is our downtime. You're, this is our reading time, you know, or this is, and it doesn't even have to be a lot. It can be, even if it's on a tablet of practicing math facts, right? You no, know, for 30 minutes, for 15 minutes, for 20 minutes, all, if you did it for 15 minutes a day that you will see a huge benefit, you will right. see it with yes. that repetitive practice. Right. Um, right. Okay. So parents can help by supporting good habits like that, like reading every day and practicing good math habits every day and by helping them put a system in place of getting help from someone other than the parent. Right. So one of the things that I had suggested to some of my kids, what, you know, they would have, after we worked um, on our, in our zoom meeting, they would have other assignments. And so a couple of them had said, um, can I do it with another student? And I had a parent take a picture of, um, they would FaceTime and they would do their math work together they were each doing it on their own but they were on FaceTime yeah and I thought it was I thought that was brilliant because not only were they getting a little bit of social interaction but in the classroom so many times they work with partners right they work or they work in a small group right and that was the virtual working with a partner yeah and it was uh, fun for them they could then if, if one of them had trouble they could talk it through Mm-hmm. And it was, so that might be another thing if up and running in, in, um, for the next school year, but having a buddy in your class that you can set a time. Right. Okay. After we get off of our zoom call, it's snack time and then, you know, have your snack and a little break and then yeah. we'll get back on at 11 o'clock or right. one o'clock or whatever it might be, um, and work together. So that might, that's another way, you know, that parents in terms of the, the fostering some independence. Right. Fostering independence. Georgia has started doing that in middle school where she would do her homework with a friend on FaceTime. She's mm-hmm. done it since middle school. And she's like, it just makes homework so much less boring. Yeah. Because you can chit chat and then you, if you're confused about something, you're already on the phone. Uh, you're already on FaceTime. You can ask, you can show them I'm doing this problem. I don't get it. Right. Um, she's had that good habit for a long time. I did, I did try very hard to foster those habits with Isla, Uh, email your teacher, text a friend, um, go back on Schoology and see if there's anything anywhere else you might've missed because some people would put information in materials. Some people would put it in, uh, you know, I don't remember assignments and then, you know, right. Different places. Yes. It, it keeps again, all the way down. <laughs> again, keeping track of that 
is yeah. very tricky. Mm-hmm. And I do think that if, if there's one thing as teachers that we can do moving forward is to try to figure out how to have systems in place that, that are easier for them to navigate. Right. I have to say that even I, I found that though, I found that moving on when you move on to middle school um, and I guess in, in high school, I don't, you know, I think the school that Luke goes to is a little bit different, but you know, the teachers don't communicate as much no, yeah. The way elementary teachers do. So, you know how that's always been where you're like, oh my gosh, you have four tests on this one day. Nobody communicated that there were four going to be, everybody was giving a test on the same day. So they're mm-hmm. overloaded with work. Mm-hmm. So that, that communication piece would be nice at, mm-hmm. at the middle school level if they could figure out how to streamline it a little bit. Right. Um, I think it's just a harder thing to do by sheer numbers too. Yeah. Especially the school our kids went to. There were 1,800 students in three grades. That's insane. How many teachers is that? As so many teachers. And, you know, Isla was in a small learning community. But when we went to graduate, because her English teacher was not in her small learning community, because she had... Oh, he wasn't there when she went to do the drive-by? No, he wasn't there. And she, her information wasn't in the, the list for the parade. So it took them so much time to find her because she was a media arts and tech academy student, but her, her English teacher was a STEAM teacher and they listed everybody by your English teacher. So we showed up and he was like, yeah, I'm definitely graduating today. (laughs) They couldn't find her name. (laughs) She was a student. So I was like, oh, brother, brother, brother. Please, she's uh, she's got straight A's. She's totally graduating. I promise. No. <laughs> oh, I'm so that makes me sad. Oh, we embarrassed her enough that that doesn't matter. Uh, we decided to play um, Miley Cyrus um, "Party in the USA" at the oh. top of our volume, windows down, dancing, and she oh, was mortified. I thought I she was going to get in the floorboard. Uh, that's was, so funny. We didn't even hear that they were playing like the culmination song. Yeah. Oh, you couldn't even hear it. Oh, that's. Yeah. Funny. We had no idea. And at one point, Ms. the principal asked us to pull over because he couldn't find her stuff. Um, and we turned the music down to hear him talk. And we're like, oh, my gosh, they were playing the combination music. <laughs> we had no idea. I was so embarrassed. So I think uh, the fact that her English teacher wasn't there was the least of her concerns. Right. But, but she did get an award from him. So it would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah. He would have liked to see her. So. I think he really, he he I think he really um I know that he was a very good teacher for her. Yeah. He was very good for her and I think he appreciated all of her hard work. Yes. Um she worked very very hard for him. Um yes. Well he yeah. he motivated them cuz Liam had the same teacher. Yes. He's in the team and he and I it was his favorite teacher by far. Yeah. Um, he seemed to make things very um uh very easy to, 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 to bite. You Absolutely. Know? He did. I, I completely agree. Yeah. He he made it yeah, it was, it was, it, he, he really made Liam realize that he could write. Yeah. It wasn't so overwhelming. Yeah. He, same for Isla. He, he could write beautifully. So it was, I mean, it was a huge awakening for him. That's great. So, yeah. I'm very grateful to him. The one piece that Isla didn't get, Isla kills me. Her brain is just not like anybody else's brain. She would write a five-paragraph essay, right? 
Mm-hmm. And then when the <laughs> new assignment would come up, she'd go and say, I need a five paragraph essay. And she'd go, oh, I don't know how to do that. I go, you just turned in a five paragraph essay. You just got an A on a five paragraph. It's the same thing. Introduction, three body, one conclusion. Oh, that's what that is. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Yes. So when you go to, to school and high school and they say, I need an essay, typically they're five paragraphs. Right. And they're exactly what Mr. Paisano has been teaching you for two years. <laughs> she Absolutely. And he's quick. And he broke it down for them yes, so that it was so manageable. Like they, so it, manageable. oh, I got this. I can do five pairs. That's no big deal. Yes. Yes. When I would say, remember the paper that you just wrote about the crocodiles in, uh, I mean, the alligators in Florida? Oh, that's a five paragraph essay? Oh, yeah, I can do that. Um, oh, <laughs> Girlfriend, someone's going to say, like, can you cut your toenails? And you'll go, what? I would never cut my toenails. And then I'd have to say, you just cut them last night. Remember, it's with the clippers. Yeah, that brain is just so unique. But anyway, um, anything you'd like to leave parents with? Um, I wish I had some words of wisdom. Um, I, I think just I, the fostering of independence, you know, is is huge. For, it's for the long run as well. Yeah. Um, and for everybody's sanity, you know, and 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 then putting. Um, I think. During the school year, at least, I think there ha- there has to be a, a schedule. I think you right. have to have a schedule in place, right? Um, because there would, you know, there were a couple kids, and I would when when they finally realized that I I could see that they were submitting an assignment at ten o'clock at night. Oh. If you're in third grade, ten o'clock at night is not the time to be submitting an assignment. No, it's too late. So yeah. um, I said, there's no reason for you to do that. And, and I saw, I noticed with some kids, I think they were waiting till their parents were finished with work so they could ask them for help. Mm. And I was saying that that's where I was saying, you don't need, if you need help, you can ask me during mm. the day and I will help you. Right. But so I think, again, it all goes back to that same thing of setting a little bit of a schedule, you know, um, encouraging them to do what they can mm-hmm. without um, them. Yeah. If there's something you really can't, um, you can't do, I'll do that. But the last thing is for a parent to finish work and then to look and say, we have all this to do. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah. Um, it's frustrating. Yeah. For, for a parent. So, so I think, yeah, I think to help that setting up a schedule and putting some of those things in place for, um, to, to build the resilience and the reliance on themselves um, and the grit that yeah. try it. You don't get it. Try it again. You don't give up after one time, mm-hmm. but you've got to do it a couple of times. And if you don't get it a couple of times, don't say, you you know, try one more time. before. Right. So I think it's, it's building that in them. And that's a life skill, really. Yes. It um, is. Forever. So. For any job. Yeah, anything they do to not yeah. give up after the first time, right? Trying and and assess your resources, right? Yes, you may have more than you think. That's right. So you know what we started doing too is uh, her Isla's history teacher would give them a lot of textbook reading, um, and I started saying, "Why don't we watch a ten-minute video on YouTube about what we're about to read?" 
And then we'll have kind of an overview of what we're reading because, you know, when you read history, in 1862, four people ate a piece of oatmeal and then that caused a revolution. And you're like, I got stuck on 1862 trying to think how long ago that was. I can't, I don't think like that. But if you find a good online teacher, I thought, uh, I thought that was a resource our teachers could have given us was if I don't understand and I can't get you, where can I go? Yeah. Give me a place online because there's so many things you could find online, but I didn't want to show her the wrong thing. Right. I didn't want to show her a different way of teaching science than what her science teacher was teaching. Right. That is something that would have helped me is if a teacher had said, yeah. if you have questions and you'd like to watch a video about um, uh, compounds, chemical compounds, I recommend this YouTube video. I would have been, that would have been so great for me because right. there were so many times we reached out to her science teacher. The science teacher would, was amazing, responsive, would explain, would refer her to something that she had done, but we still, we, I, we still didn't get it. You know, she would try to get it on her own. I would try to help her. We still wouldn't get it. And then I go, well, well, let's just find something on YouTube. And for whatever reason, the way that teacher taught that lesson, we would get it, you know. But then sometimes it was such a treasure hunt for me to figure out uh, what was close enough to the way this way or to the material. Yeah. And I think that that's true. I think, you know, particularly with the history, you know, you set a context. Yes. Give an overview so yes. that when you're reading something very, you can hook it onto something. Yes. You need to hook it to something. Yes. To make it make sense. You need to see it maybe in a bigger picture mm-hmm. and then go down to the, to the minutia of in 1862 or whatever it yes. is. Yes. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I, I, the other piece is, you know, the way that we learned when we were growing up is not the way that we (laughs) a lot of people talk about this with the math. They're like, I can't help my child with math. I don't know what, you know, or the child, it becomes a battle because they know one way of doing the parents know the way that they learned and the kid doesn't has learned it a different way. Yes. Parent, they're confused or they're saying, no, that's not the way they taught me. And it becomes a complete breakdown. Yes, absolutely. That is a big issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, some parent ed, um, I oh, think, you know, okay. if we have to move on remotely, you know, I did have one parent zoom and I tried to go over everything with the, the, um, parents when we first went to remote teaching, I, I, you know, had a parent meeting so mm-hmm. I could show them the folders, show yeah. them this is what we're doing, right. this is where everything's going to be. Right. And then I also sent weekly emails about trying to lay out what the week is going to be, you know, where uh, as on one day we wanted to do a, an extra game and we found that it was easier if they had a second device. So letting them know that mm-hmm. ahead of time yeah, with plenty of notice to make yeah. sure all devices are charged and mm-hmm. everything else. Um, so, yeah, I think that, I think that's good feedback for, for teachers, you know, yeah. we have to remember, um, we're the backup teacher. Give, them the re- give you all the resources. Yes. That was something that was, took a lot of my time. Yes, for you know? sure. And I didn't, I didn't really mind spending time, but I was always afraid I was doing, I was showing her the wrong video. 
you know, uh, what if I show her this and now she's totally confused? The math you just said is a perfect example. When Isla was going through your, your elementary school and doing math, I kept going, well, I'm getting the right answer. <laughs> I don't know how you're getting the same. This is, this is, the answer's right, but I can't check your work. Right. I have to go over here and do it my secret way, old school, 40 years ago, and your answer's correct. So you got it right, but I don't know about your steps. I can't help you with that. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Any teacher out there, especially middle school, high school, because obviously, well, how, how our elementary school taught math was different. But for the most part, I know how to teach multiplication tables, you know, the, the basics for elementary school. But middle school is when it kept going, God, I don't remember chemistry. No, absolutely. I don't remember. Yes. Compound, I don't remember compound um, compounds. I don't remember all this about these okay. atoms. I have no idea. No, I went, I, listen, either do I, I, I when sixth and seventh, when they needed help with certain things, I had to research it and learn it again myself. Yes. There were certain things I remembered, but I, the sciences I didn't always remember. And, you know, I, I would have to go back and yeah. And learn, relearn it. Yeah. Relearn it. Get to them. So that's, yeah. We found an awesome history teacher who does every single chapter in her textbook in 10 minutes. That's amazing. And so we would do the overview and then we would read the chapter and he was funny and he was goofy and he was real brainiac. Super brain guy. So yeah. maybe I don't remember him. Maybe I'll post on my website. Yeah. A note. Um, but he was so helpful because we were reading about the civil war and I was like, <laughs> like me too me too we can watch gone with the wind i don't know i mean like how do i entertain her and get her to get yeah what's happening here right and, uh, and he did a great job so anyway i think that's important i think yeah and i think that's the other piece with the remote learning and this is what we kept trying to figure out with my grade level how do we continually um keep it engaging and change it up. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. If you just give them a chapter to read, chapter after chapter after chapter, you've lost them. Yes. You have got to give them some videos, or you have to give them some kind of interaction, interactive game. You know, there's there's, there's um, different things like Nearpod, and uh, there's a variety of different things. There's an Ed Puzzle, which I never knew about, where you can watch a video and insert questions as we go, which is brilliant because you they are then reading and they they have to really attend right because every you know and you can you can put in the questions anywhere you want so you can right. put in three questions or you can put in six questions or seven questions and the video could be five minutes you know it could be seven minutes ten minutes but it's you just have to keep you know changing it up yeah keep them interested yeah yeah and the modalities again you know in the classroom you do you get up and you're moving and you're, there's a lot of different things that you do to keep them engaged. And it's trying to figure out how do you continue to do that through a, through a, a Zoom. Flat a flat screen. screen. Very yeah. two-dimensional. Yes. Hard to do. Yeah. We did a lot of brain breaks. You did? We did brain breaks. <laughs> and dance parties in the middle. Well, I know you to be an amazing teacher. Well, Unfortunately, neither of my children had you as a teacher, I know. which really bummed me out for Isla Kreischer, really bummed me out. I wanted her to have you in particular. Georgia too, but you know, Georgia had Miss Steele that year and Miss Steele actually was wonderful for her. Mm -hmm. um, 
she was a great teacher for Georgia. So I have no regrets about that. But I actually have regrets about Isla not having you for teacher. Oh, I, I wish I had her. Me I don't ever see those class lists beforehand. I only see them after. But I would, uh, yeah, I would have loved to have Isla. Oh, I yeah. love that girl. That would have been great. Yeah. So, well, thank you for all you do as a teacher. Thank you for sharing all this information. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I, it, it's been an interesting time in so many ways. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe, maybe this podcast will give parents an insight on what teachers go, have gone through in this transition too. Um, and other teachers may learn from what you've, you've, you know, shared. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, people figure out, you know, what works best for them, I think. And, um, but I know, I know I learned a lot. I mean, the learning curve all around was huge. Right. Yeah. Um, and we're and all I, in it together. We are, we are. And I do, I, I have really had to look at a lot of the silver linings because there are, there are silver linings here. Right. Um, and so I just had to keep looking at them. But I think that's an excellent takeaway for parents too. Yeah. Find the silver lining. Find yeah. it. Because it's there. I mean, it's there. It's it, there. It really is. And I, yes, I know it, I can see it with my own kids that there were things that I'm like, wow, okay. This yeah. is, as, as challenging a time as this has been, there have definitely been some silver linings. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Well, thank you, Maura. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you. Let me know how, uh, how the, the COVID testing comes out. Oh, I will. I absolutely will. And same. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Same. Yes, I will. Right. Yeah. We'll cross our fingers again. Yeah. One, yeah. For, you, one for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll see you soon. All right. Take care, Leah. Bye.